Welcome to CEO Uncovered. Today we are on Holly Smithson. Holly is the CEO of Athena, as well as an influential advocate for women in STEM. From news reporting to Capitol Hill, Holly has been in various roles throughout her career. I'm excited to have her on to discuss her tremendous success and journey for our students. So everyone listening, really sit down, buckle in, because we're about to have a great podcast. So welcome, Holly. Well, thank you, Ashley. Really excited to be here on your show. Thank you for thank having you. me. Of course. Thank you. I want to start at the beginning. So you went to school. Did you always know, like we were just talking about before, what you wanted to do and how did you get into your first job? You know, I, and I know this doesn't apply to every listener in your audience, but for those that know, like have this visceral knowing of how they want to show up in life and how they want to contribute their passion and their talent. I was one of those people I knew very early on. I just, I don't ever remember not knowing, but I wanted to be a television reporter. I wanted to be an anchor. I wanted to be on the news in that square box. This is obviously before streaming when I was a young lass, but I would sit on my dad's lap at night, mom's making dinner, mom and my brother are making dinner, and I'd sit on my dad's lap and we'd be watching the nightly news. And my dad and I would be dissecting what the news was and what it meant and was that real and how do we interpret it? And so in that sort of environment, it really cultivated this burning desire to help people understand what's going on around them. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the the person and the messenger. And, and that took a, a lot of different turns as I grew up. But my first, my very first job, because my, my mom was very involved in local politics, like the city council race, the school board, uh, the governor's race. And of course, she'd grab me and we'd go out there and do door to door canvassing, knocking on doors, passing out pamphlets, you know, vote for Ashley Henschel. She's running for city council <laughs> and, and really getting comfortable going in front of people and inviting them to align their values with the candidate. Ashley's running for school board. She cares about financial literacy. And if you've cast your vote for her, this is what you can expect from her. And so at a very young age, I had that exposure. And so it was very natural for me to get in front of people, to build a community and to educate them and get them excited about a particular candidate and more importantly about that candidate's vision. Were there broadcasting opportunities when you were in school and did you take those up? Well, yeah. So I had the opportunity to earn an uh, intern at an ABC affiliate in my hometown. I went to school uh, specifically for a degree in broadcast journalism mm -hmm. and I loved it. I loved it. But when I got out of college, I came, I had a really rude awakening, Ashley. And I found it what they paid. <laughs> and I was like, you want me to do what? For how much? <laughs> yeah. And suddenly that desire that I had had at a very young age, it really grew smaller. And so I had to make a decision. Did I really want that? Did I have the bug? Did I have that fire in the belly that I was willing to work for pennies on the dollar? Or did I want to do something maybe that required the same skill set, but maybe had a higher salary um, mm -hmm. attached to it. And so that's where I got into politics. And I worked on uh, a presidential campaign, uh, which then, of course, lent itself to going to work for the president. 
And there were a lot of other campaigns in, in between that, um, that journey. But the point is, I still understood what I enjoyed the most in terms of as a journalist, getting out there, finding the story, getting the facts, um, trying to find different perspectives about a particular event that was being covered by the news and then galvanizing the community. And, and so that entire process is what would later serve me as a lobbyist on Capitol Hill. It would serve me as an executive running three nonprofit advocacy organizations. Um, and it certainly served me in my time, my 10 years working on Capitol Hill and working for several federal agencies. Mm-hmm. So I guess my my storyboard here for your audience is whatever it is that is sort of this natural desire that brings you joy, jump in the pool and do things that align with that. But be prepared to do pivots along the way. And one thing I, I will challenge your audience don't future trip. If we sit there and think about what if this doesn't happen? What if I don't get hired? What if I don't do well? That is future tripping. And when you're future tripping, you're manifesting something that hasn't even happened yet. And it's negative and it's unproductive and it will quiet your, your desire. It will dim your light when you sit there and fantasize about what could go wrong or what might or might not happen. Instead, get excited about that vision Get excited about the possibility of you doing X, Y, or Z, whatever that is that you're getting in touch with through the internships you'll be pursuing in high school and college, ideally. I think manifesting is so important. Not a lot of people talk about speaking things into existence. I don't know if there's a magical being out there, but just to get that idea out of your head is just one step further to where you want to go. And I think it is so important for them and everyone to know to let those ideas flow and put them out there. And some may catch, some may not, but at least you're trying. Oh, you are spot on, Ashley. And here, so here's the magic. And this isn't, we don't need a PhD. This is the magic. We don't need to be a chemist. We don't need to be a microbiologist, but here is the magic. As soon as you have an idea, And when you transfer that idea, just some crazy popcorn idea, and you actually share it with one of your girlfriends or one of your friends on the playground or whatever in dance school or in basketball court, it actually elevates that idea and it gives it more energy because Mm -hmm. you now transferred it from a thought to an idea. And now it actually is catching some waves, right? It's getting a frequency. And those positive thoughts have a higher frequency. And then that starts to attract other opportunities. Number one. Number two, they say that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So if you have these great ideas or just silly ideas, whatever, they're just ideas and you're throwing them out there. If you've got a nice group of friends that are thinking the same thing and that have all these ambitions and they have this excitement about them, about the possibilities, then that starts to multiply, right? And so my challenge to your audience is choose your friends well. That that is a great piece of advice. And kind of rolling into something I wanted to ask you, did you have a mentor early in your career, someone you looked up to, to bounce those ideas off of or give feedback? I did. And, and, you know, it's funny you ask that because so many people at Athena, 
you know, we provide um, leadership development training for women in STEM. So these are scientists, technologists, engineers, and they're already, they've already been in their career. And they, too, are reluctant to cultivate mentors. Yeah. And, and they're already in their career. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, that is the fastest way to career success is actually asking for help. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because a lot of women, which is who we cater to at Athena, we're, we're dedicated to supporting women in STEM. But the fear is I don't want to ask for help because there's a fear of rejection. And so we don't even ask for help. We just, we sit there and isolate ourselves. We get on this island and we've got our little floaties and we're just like, which way should I go? (laughs) Which way is the current going? Which way is the wind blowing? I wonder if there's anybody on that other (laughs) island over there. And so I have to tell you that the mentorship is so critical. And the quicker that you understand how powerful that is and what an accelerator it is, the more of the ideation will pop up for you. And for me, because I was trained as a journalist and because I went to door to door to door as a young girl in my neighborhood asking people to vote for, you know, Governor Ashley Hinchel or whomever, asking questions was very natural to me. And, you know, most students are, we're all generally very curious people. And so for me to ask Ashley, hey, Ashley, listen, I got this, I got this situation and I'm, I just, I just don't know which way to go. Do you have some time to go grab coffee? Because I'd love to run this by you. That's how you start a mentorship. You just ask Mm -hmm. somebody for their thoughts. You ask somebody for their take on a certain situation. And I have to tell you, 99% of people love to give help. You know why? Because it makes us feel important. When you ask me for help, when you ask me, hey, I'd love to take, I'd love to get your opinion on this. Am I, am I crazy? Is this something that I should do? Is this something I should run away from? And you get somebody's perspective and their expertise. And they love that. People that are afraid when they go, you're kidding me. I heard this podcast and they're telling me that I have to go ask for help. And I have to ask the expertise of somebody. And it could be a peer. It doesn't have to be a teacher. It doesn't have to be, you know, some professional or some athlete. It can be somebody within your circle. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you get comfortable asking for help, and let me tell you, it took me a while to ask for help versus asking for advice. Yeah. But that's that's probably a time for another podcast. (laughs) So I I really want to encourage, and I appreciate you asking that question because I think that is so pivotal. Yeah. uh, Start that mentorship early in the journey. Even, I mean, going to a sibling or a parent to just express any concern is important at such a young age. No one wants to feel bottled up. And sometimes I know our students look at their teachers could be intimidating or they don't want to say the wrong thing, like you said. But there are so many avenues out there to get that support in your life. You just got to ask. So I do want to talk about Athena. What led you to wanting to work there, be the CEO? And really, I know we dove into it a little bit, but what is Athena? So Athena is actually, um, we're celebrating our 25th anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, Yeah. It's It's uh, great. Thank you. Thank you. It is an extraordinary organization. It's one of the longest serving advocacy nonprofit organization that advocates. It serves as a, an ambassador. It serves as an educator. It serves as a mentor, a sponsor, a convener. 
And most of all, it serves as a megaphone to represent to the marketplace that women have an enormous amount to contribute in the fields of STEM, of science, tech, engineering, and mathematics. And so STEM obviously is an acronym that is very widely used in the academic fields, but it also represents the highest wage occupations out there. So today, three out of every four STEM jobs are held by men. So that means that women are being left out of, there's a huge gender gap. There's a huge opportunity gap. There's an even bigger pay gap. And those are really missed opportunities for women that love science, that love technology, that love engineering and want to be a part of those really fascinating economic engines. And so that was really the, the genesis of Athena 25 years ago. It was a group of women, young women, and they said, hey, a handful of us are running these science and tech companies and there's not a whole lot of women. So why don't we solve for that? And why don't we call it Athena? Obviously the goddess of wisdom, aptly named. And then at the core of Athena, let's provide leadership development training, professional growth training. Let's build a platform where we can bring all these different women that wanna have a seat at the table. Let's give them this network. Let's provide them mentors. Let's tell the stories of the women that have made it. And then let's help them navigate these male dominated industries so they can actually shine and contribute in a very meaningful way. Do these women come to you and say, I want to be a member? How does the membership process work? Yeah, yeah. And so the opportunity for our students and our audience is really, really exciting because we just launched this month. We just launched our um, new student membership category. So for a long time, it was focused on executive women. That was our core focus. And when you have a startup, any startup, you focus on a niche part of the market, you try to get that critical mass, you execute on, you know, well on the product or the services, and then over time you expand your market share, which is what we did, and then we said let's serve all professional women in STEM. And then at this juncture, as we're trying to advance 1 million women in STEM by 2030, we said, hey, let's now open it up to the students so that we can help nurture the talent pipeline earlier mm -hmm. in the journey. Mm -hmm. And so that we can help inform the students um, picking out their curriculum that aligns with their career aspirations. It's a great line of support. Yeah. I, and may, I mean, if I was in STEM to have a group like that, I could go to just to get feedback and knowledge from, it's probably so influential that it's just amazing. Yeah. And there's so many members in Athena and our membership portfolio. And they're like, listen, Holly, I want to be a mentor. I wouldn't be where I am today as the vice president of research for <laughs> Pfizer or uh, Bristol Myers Squibb or Attire Pharmaceuticals unless I had a mentor. And so I want to give back. So I need you to know that where there's an opportunity for me to mentor, please come to me. That's why I'm joining Athena. I want to give back. It's a big part of my, at this stage in their career. So that's part of what we do. And the students, more importantly, they need to see women 
running the boardroom. They need to see women running the companies. They need to see women in the lab. They need to see women running these business uh, units and these teams and see more of themselves and the companies that are looking to diversify their employee population. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're super excited to offer the student member category. And you can go on to athenastemwomen.org and you'll see it on our homepage. Um, and it's $50 for an annual membership. And that gives you access to all of our programs throughout the year. Obviously, the mentoring, the networking, and all of the research that we provide. The other thing that is really, really cool is we have got to continue telling the story. And if you don't have somebody out there front and center driving a data-driven dialogue, then people are just going to, we call it the perception gap. And the perception gap is, oh, no, 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 we have plenty of women here in our company. No, we've got uh, we've got Susie. Yes, yeah, she, she greets people at the front door. And I've got, oh, yeah, Tina. Yes, yeah, she runs our coffee. Yeah, no. That is not representation. And so every year we partner with uh, Boston Consultant Group and we publish a Women in STEM Workforce Index. And so it goes in and measures what is women's representation in STEM here in California? And then how do we stack against the rest of the country? Um, we're a global STEM hub here in California. Um, and so we like to think maybe we're heads and shoulder above our peers, but the data will tell us otherwise. Yeah. And that data is really cool because for the people that think, no, we're good. No, we have we have equity. No, actually, you don't. That's your perception. And then here's the data. So if we're not if it's not acceptable that one in four STEM jobs are held by women, this is what the data tells us. And then let's come together as a collective and figure out how to do this. This course correction. The data does not lie. The data does not lie. What does it mean to you to be a CEO and. What leadership styles do you try to exude during your workday? Well, you know, I will tell you, and if your students and your audience takes anything out of our, our conversation, I hope they take this kernel, which is, again, I started my training and, and my passion as a journalist and, and telling the story. And that really comes down to communication. And there is nothing that I love more than anything. It is empowering people with the story. And that means you have to be a communicator. And that means the more people that you're able to communicate to and with effectively, then you're able to actually drive impact and move the needle in whatever, whatever area that you're in. It doesn't even matter what area you're in. But today, you know, obviously with the advent of chat GBT and AI and ML, we've got all of this stuff that can be magically done without any cognitive uh, <laughs> demand. And so for the students in your um, audience, if they actually can take out and understand the horsepower in the communications realm, because that is going to be a lost art as technology continues to take over some of the basic functions of professional. And that's really what I do is I want to communicate and I don't want to communicate with some of the people. I want to communicate with everybody across the company, everybody across the industry, everybody across the entire ecosystem, because the more people understand what's going on, the more likely they are to get involved. 
So if you think you only need to tell a certain number of people like, oh, we're only going to communicate with the executives. Well, you've left out the, the middle management. You've left out all the people that are executing on what the executives asked you to do, all the assignments, right? And so people don't understand why am I here? What, what is the relevance of what I'm doing? And so to the extent that as your students think about their career, think about their journey, think about where they want to shine. I would tell you my passion and my effectiveness as a CEO um, has largely been, number one, my energy. Have, I have this innate high frequency energy that I've, I've felt since I was a little girl. My parents uh, drove them crazy, but it's that energy around empowering people with information, empowering them with knowledge. And that means you have to be an effective communicator. And it's exciting when you see the lights go off in the eyes of your audience. You're like, oh, no, he got it. Oh, she gets it. Yes. And then you start to get people excited about what it is that you're pursuing. And so that's what I would say is probably my silver bullet is my love and my passion to communicate to the broadest audience that I could possibly reach. I love that. I, I mean, communication is so important and vital. And I think with your openness, a lot of people will feel accepted to speak, accepted to talk in the workplace. I've heard so many stories where if it's silent in the workplace and it's just only holds people back. And I wanted to ask you, did COVID hinder or help the communication in your opinion? Yeah. So COVID, the global pandemic of 2020 was it was devastating. And it was a pull for Athena. I felt like this significant pull that we really needed to convene our community uh, more than ever, because everybody is obviously working remotely. Everybody's in isolation. I mean, there was a massive, massive um, level of isolation. And so for us, we needed to actually communicate and then give people permission to express that isolation be able to express the sadness and all the other emotions that come from being locked in on lockdown, on a global lockdown. And if you don't have that trust and you don't have that sense of psychological safety as a core tenant in your business and your business model and in your uh, culture code, then you're not in a position to do what I just described in a time that is, is needed more than anything. If I were to describe the COVID in a couple of words, it would be just acute isolation. And if you're trying to get people out of that sense of isolation and everything that comes with it, you've got to throw, you've got to throw them a lifeline and they got to reach out to that lifeline. And that's what we were able to do. And we had to flip the switch like any other organization that wanted to be relevant. You got to flip the switch and you got to be virtual. So we have a program portfolio, our leadership development content. We have about 50 programs that we take to the market every year. Um, so we only go dark two weeks out of the year. And we're serving about uh, women from around over 130 different countries that are represented in our programs. Super, super cool. It would never happen, Ashley, if it weren't for COVID. And now our 50 corporate partners upload the, the link, the invitation, and then they put it on their Slack channel or whatever intranet they have. And so across the globe, now these women and men, because we have programs for male allies, now they're seeing these programming. They don't have this in Jakarta. They don't have this in Bangalore. They don't have this in Sydney. They don't have it in Singapore. But our companies at Qualcomm, ResMed, Illumina, 
they have operations in those countries and those women now have access to our programs and now we can come together in a very intimate way obviously via zoom or, or teams but we're still coming together and we're having really really candid conversations so yeah that was the I guess the silver lining for us and and forcing us to flip the switch, be a virtual entity. And now we can serve women in STEM across the globe without boundaries. We have no boundaries, so no one is left behind. I wanted to ask you, at this point in your career, do you have professionally and personally goals that you're still reaching for in the future? Yes. And, and it's really cool because I had such an extraordinary honor. Last month, I was inducted into the women's, uh, the California uh, Women's Hall of Fame. And I was on the stage, Ashley, with these women who were um, older than I was. They were much more accomplished than I was. And I'm sitting there with my imposter syndrome going, how can I be on this stage with these amazing, iconic, trailblazing women who came across the border, who didn't speak the language, who had small babies in tow? And I was just, I mean, it, it was, I'm getting chills sharing it it's with amazing. you. It was very emotional for me. And it, it represented a shift for me, a big shift for me. And so, you know, what I heard from the other women is, you know, leadership for me, it's always been about, you know, impact. Like that's what I get up in the morning every day. I want to have impact. Doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be gigantic. It doesn't have, doesn't have to be Titanic. It just needs to be, I just, I have to have an impact, right? I love productivity. I love action. I love impact. But after that, and listening to these other iconic women that were shared the stage with me, they're like true leadership. It's not about a title. It's not about what corner office you're in. Of course, we all have virtual corner offices now. <laughs> um, it's not about your salary. It's not about any of that. The true essence of leadership is about how many leaders that you've actually enabled. That's what leadership is. And so my job, obviously, at Athena is we want to advance a million women in you know, leading in STEM. I want to spend the second half of my career and my life, and I want to plant all these seeds, and I want them to germinate and gestate, and I want as many leaders to come out of their cocoon and to stand up and let the world know they're ready to lead. It's a fantastic goal. And again, congratulations. That is such a momentous achievement. I mean, I can only imagine it. And I'm so happy for you. I, that's incredible. Yeah, thank you. Very, very emotional. I, I can't compare. I can't compare it to anything else. Maybe when I got married, just, just all these people in an auditorium that are coming to witness and just be happy for you. There was so much joy listening to these women's stories and coming off the pandemic. We just can't get enough joy these days. I can't get enough of it. No. <laughs> I always ask this. And lastly, if you could give a piece of advice to a teenage or college version of yourself, what would you tell her today? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I tell you, and I say this to my colleagues and my girlfriends as you're, we're at the mall or we're at the movies or we're at the beach. And I look at, and I look around at all these teenagers um, and it's such a delicate time in life. And they're so impressionable and the need for the network and the acceptance and the belonging that we find in friendships is 
the whole point of their existence. Was, that was the whole point of my existence, right? My friends, yeah. my, my friends, my tribe, my sisterhood. Um, and that doesn't change as you get older, which is no. why Athena has lasted for, for 25 years. But my my wish to these uh, girls in that precious age is to focus on building your self-esteem and your self-confidence. And that doesn't come from external forces. It doesn't come from the likes. It doesn't come from the Instagram, whatever, connections. What it comes from, it comes from inside. And I'm going to come back to the make sure you understand. Look at the four people that you run, that you spend the most time with. And you will see that you will be the average of those four people. And if they're trying to get into AP classes or they're trying to get into XYZ, you know, the best community college, or they're trying to get in the best university, or they're just trying to, or they're trying to get in so many different certification courses, that's who you want to be with because they're going to make you, they're, you're going to see that ambition and you're going to want to go there because you're a product of your environment. And that builds, and when you pursue and you have that ambition because you're following this high frequency of energy, right, around you, that's actually going to increase your self-esteem. Look, I pursued this and I tried. Look, this is how it turned out. This is awesome. This is exciting. Or it didn't work out, but now I'm pivoting and now this is working out. Yeah. And so given that it's so important on having the friends and being liked and being accepted, that's human nature, by the way. That Teenagers don't have the corner on that market. So let's just play no. <laughs> That is to be human is to want to belong. So I, I would just recommend to the students in that delicate age, spend more time on that core group that will have your back and be there for them too. Because that will be the foundation that sets you for so much success when you have that. And look, I had some girls and I look back and... They're not doing too well in life right now. When I look back, and so it's just, it's critical. And, you know, I'm sitting here as the CEO of Athena, and these are all women that are scientists. They're heavily educated, heavily pedigreed, and they're ambitious, and they want to lift up other women. Mm. That's who I get to be a part of. It's such an honor. It's such a privilege, Ashley. And, um, and I just think that's the greatest gift you could give yourself. I couldn't agree. My mom always told me growing up, surround yourself with greatness and you'll be great. So I couldn't agree more. I think it's so important. It's if, ener I'm into energy. And if, if there's an energy bringing you down and, and you could feel it, then you got to go to your separate way and you got to find your light. So I think that's such an important piece of advice. And Holly, you're just fantastic. And I loved having you on and hearing your story and how inspiring you are to so many women out there. And you should be so excited at the momentous things you've done in life. And anyone who wants to check out Athena, please go to their website, learn about what they're doing, join in on the impact because it's honestly so special. So again, thank you, Holly, for coming on See You Uncovered. Excellent. Thank you, Ashley, so much. It was a joy to be here. I appreciate the opportunity.